Welcome to The Edge and Beyond, a podcast by Intel, where we're making sense of use cases across industries such as retail, banking, hospitality, and education. You're going to hear tech considerations, best practices, how-tos, and recommendations. It's all here on To The Edge and Beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Edge and Beyond, an Intel podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We appreciate you tuning in to some broader industry thought leadership here from the Intel team. Of course, as we're maneuvering today's thought leadership, make sure that you're heading to our website, intel.com. Again, intel.com. For more context on the various touch points we're going to be breaking down today, but also for more Intel content, including episodes of To the Edge and Beyond, and for more thought leadership, including articles, videos, blogs, and more. So on today's episode of the show, we're going to be bringing Intel's expertise to a rising trend in the food and beverage industry, specifically across the gig delivery and QSR space. And that would be the trend of ghost kitchens. It's a big buzzword, but we're going to be cutting through some of the fluff and getting right to the meat of why this is more than just a buzz and why this is an essential piece of what is supposed to be the future of the industry. So today's conversation is focusing on how are innovative technologies supporting this push in food and beverage and what strategies are not only leading to quality implementation, but offering new business opportunities as well. Well, here to offer insights on that crossover of the cutting edge and the food we eat are two amazing thought leaders. I'm very pleased to be sourcing their insights today. First up, I'd like to introduce Maria Miao. APAC Hospitality Vertical Marketing Manager for Intel's Internet of Things Group. Maria, great to have you on. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Thanks, Daniel. Fantastic. It's a real pleasure getting to speak with you today and source your perspective. Uh, I'll give you both an opportunity to uh, break down your backgrounds here for a second before we jump in. I did say two guests. For our second guest, I'm very pleased to welcome Ankur Jain. He's the founder and CEO of Udyang Yantra Technologies, which is a company focused on bringing Industry 4.0 and its associated ecosystem of technologies to various industries, and most applicably today, including the food and agricultural and larger farming industries. Ankur Jain, great to have you on. How are you doing? It's all my pleasure, Daniel, to be at a part of this thought leadership, uh, doing good and looking forward to deep dive into the subject. Absolutely. Again, pleasure chatting with both of y'all. I appreciate you taking some time to break down this very important and thought leading topic. And again, very timely. It's reflecting a lot of big pushes that COVID accelerated, but, you know, even without the pandemic that we already saw gaining some traction and viability in the industry. And we're going to intersect all those trends with the core why of why this is such an essential trend in the industry. So I want to first start with, uh, like I said, a quick elevator pitch on both of your backgrounds, just to give our audience that context for what perspective you're going to be bringing today. Uh, and then more specifically, how you found this specialty in a crossover of IoT and the larger food and beverage industry. So Maria, we'll start with you here again. Quick pitch on your background and then how you found your specialty and your expertise in this crossover of cutting edge tech and the food and beverage industry. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Daniel. So um, I have been in technology businesses or even in Intel for more than 10 years now. 
And with technologies uh, evolving and the knowledge evolve as well. So being the marketing manager in APEC region, I am actively developing the hospitality business and also using the technologies like IoT in food industry to help improve the food making operation as well as to ensure the quality and traceability of food, which addresses a lot of consumer concerns nowadays. Perfect. Thank you for that context. No, I, yeah, I appreciate it. Encore, same question to you. Do you mind giving us a quick elevator pitch on your background and how you found yourself with a career in this intersection of IoT and food? Yeah, sure, Daniel. So, Udyogendra Technologies is an industry 4.0 company headquartered in uh, New Delhi, India. Actually, I had the privilege to work across global technology majors, enabling me to envisage the future world where machines, processes, supply chains, and people will be connected. We term it as the fourth industrial revolution. So what is happening uh, uh, around this revolution? Population is increasing globally, expected to reach 10 billion by 2050. Also, urbanization is increasing and so are rising incomes. This creates a need for demand of trade of perishable commodity like food, processed food, uh, cooked food, and uh, is a broader dietary transition that is taking place. So there's a big need to have a safe, predictable, and a sustainable food supply chain. Industry 4.0 technologies like Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, and data analytics can play a big role in creating these safe, predictable, and sustainable food supply chains. Fantastic. Thank you for that context as well. All right, team, let's go ahead and jump into the core conversation. I want to widen the scope a little bit to better understand the larger trends, both pre and post COVID that uh, were already in motion and that influence the adoption of ghost kitchens and the viability of ghost kitchens at scale. So let's start here. How is digital transformation in general guiding how restaurants are investing in some new solutions and new business models, right? Where is this industry feeling most of those digital transformations and where is it guiding them towards some of those new ways of approaching their business? So uh, digital transformation is accelerated ever since the pandemic began. And we are seeing restaurant businesses have pivoted towards delivery, pick up and even drive through. Digitally transformed brands will reap the benefits of digital. Restaurant brands should continue to focus on evolving their off-premise capabilities as a new or additional business model to respond to the customer's needs by incorporating technologies such as AI and IoT. Uh, great thought, Maria. Um, so uh, we have been analyzing these trends for the last uh, two to three years. Um, and basically, it's a broader trend of uh, uh, transition that we have to understand. Uh, in 2015, the money spent by Americans at restaurants crossed the amount spent at grocery stores. Something for us to think about. It is estimated that 60% of the restaurant business now takes uh, off-premises. Digital food ordering and delivery have grown 300% faster than dine-in traffic since 2014. And you'll be surprised, Asia accounts for a massive uh, 55% share of global online food delivery market. So what is happening? Fast, reliable internet and rise of uh, food delivery logistics have got customers 
into a habit of replacing their eat out plans and cook at home schedules with a very easy and cost effective alternative. This is also a result of a newly formed social habit, uh, accelerated trend uh, of at home entertainment and migration to online education and work from home. So delivery only and delivery focused kitchens will be the restaurants of the future. These are some things that we call as cloud kitchens or ghost kitchens or sometimes virtual kitchens. They do not have a dine-in or a takeaway, only delivery. Saves a tremendous high street retail cost. But less in-store dining will push food companies towards smaller stores accentuated by cloud kitchens and more offline traffic will move to online purchases. When customers uh, order online, uh, they want great food experience and assurance on food quality, safety and consistency digitally. What it means, uh, customer facing digitization will become an industry norm driven by these delivery focused food brands, which will enable them to give customers a truly eat in experience as I call it and gain market share as channel migration happens from dining to delivery. And that's a, you know, a very exciting trend there. I'd like to just follow up on one point you mentioned there, Ankur. You mentioned that this is something we've been seeing for two to three years. Um, what were some of the motivators before the pandemic that were already pushing this forward? And did the pandemic accelerate those motivators or did it introduce new ones? Uh, you are uh, correct, Daniel. The pandemic just accelerated those motivators. Uh, the pattern of consumptions were moving online. I said uh, education, entertainment, work work from home. COVID just accelerated and people who were reluctant to uh, transition online, uh, they had to do that as a consumer. Uh, and now... Meals and uh, eat-out plans are generally associated with these obligations of work, uh, study, education, uh, your movie plans. Now, all that comes to your home. So, the food also has to come to the home. So, this has just accelerated the uh, uh, transition. COVID has just accelerated the inevitable, actually, as I said. Uh, and uh, when you when everybody is ordering online, you don't need a high street restaurant. Why do you need to play those high rentals. You just need a kitchen at some low cost pace uh, to deliver food to you. And that starts a digital transformation of a very different and a very interesting business model. Now let's go ahead and intersect, I guess, the uh, the major impact that ghost kitchens are having on the industry. And that would be supporting, like you said, some of the other trends towards delivery at scale and uh, you know, transforming the industry into something more convenient for the end user. I'm curious what you see as some of the key challenges that delivery-only restaurants or ghost kitchen-enabled restaurants are facing right now as we try to come out of COVID, but also are getting hit from the other side with Delta, uh, right? What are some of those challenges you see still persisting in these delivery-only or ghost kitchen setups and why? Well, okay, uh, let me address this first, uh, Daniel. So some of the challenges surfacing and even becoming more prominent right now is the high commission charges by the third-party aggregators and the limited numbers of data, customer data shared through the same aggregators platform. 
the restaurant owners do struggle to keep the customer loyalty if they are highly dependent on this third-party aggregators platform. Uncle will have more to share on this, so let's hear from him. Maria, you have uh, hit the nail right on the head. Uh, uh, my belief is that the food aggregator platforms are not actually in the business of food delivery. They're actually in the business of finance. In many ways, they are like uh, payday lenders for restaurants and drivers. They give restaurants the sensation of cash flow, but at the expense of customer loyalty, restaurant brand creation, and long-term future and financial stability for the restaurant. So basically, they are using uh, cash flow as a bait to transfer customer loyalty from the restaurant to the aggregator platform. Aggregators do plan, the food aggregators do plan to dominate the food service ecosystem as they expand their value proposition and build their own cloud kitchen network. So that's another trend for us to understand on the cloud kitchen uh, uh, digitization uh, that we are talking about. Uh, aggregators have tremendous amount of customer data, cuisine data, preference data, geo uh, tagging data of what sells where. And it's they're just one step away from launching their own brands virtually. In less than 10 years, aggregators have substantially disrupted uh, the food service industry and have been able to grow rapidly and establish customer loyalty. But the catch here is the customer loyalty is for the aggregator platform and not for the restaurant. Brand loyalty, uh, as we all know, is built through customer interaction. Delivery aggregator actually acts as a middleman, ensuring that the restaurant no longer directly deals with the customers. This shifts the focus of the loyalty to the delivery service and not for the restaurant. In fact, aggregators make the restaurants compete on discounts and in the end create a win-win situation for its own customers at the cost of restaurants profitability. So let's take, take an example. In, in India, uh, there is uh, something very popular that I like. It's I order a rice bowl uh, uh, with a curry uh, from an aggregator marketplace. I like it and I want to order it after another week. But the aggregator in all probability will push me a different restaurant who is giving me a better discount. So there you see, aggregators work against the customer loyalty for a particular restaurant. So restaurants will need to evolve um, the, and their dependency on aggregators needs to come down. Cloud kitchens and delivery focused uh, food brands will have to create their own direct relationship with their customers to survive as a brand and to grow in the future of food. A digitized customer journey and back-end digitization in cloud kitchens will drive the much-needed differentiated customer experience for these restaurants and operational advantage for these delivery-focused restaurants to gain customer loyalty. This will actually create a brand and loyalty for cloud kitchens and bring the much-needed balance between direct and aggregator out. We've mentioned this a few times now in our conversation, but it's hard to understate how much COVID truly accelerated digital transformations in every industry, not just in food and beverage and not even more specifically in just uh, delivery platforms and the need to meet um, online order demand. But I think in this industry is where we can see uh, both some really exciting innovations as well as some of the most pressing domino effects of how a a mass migration inwards, everyone shutting up their doors and, uh, you know, waiting it out for the virus to pass 
how that actually created uh, some massive permanent changes in an industry. This is the perfect example. And like we mentioned again, as the quantity of delivery options skyrocketed, both naturally, as Encore explained over the last two to three years, but also with COVID's acceleration, I'm curious now if y'all could give me some more context on has the industry adjusted its quality control properly and effectively to match that transition at scale. And just to add a quick bit of more context, obviously when you've got a ghost kitchen, it's implied that the meal prep is happening off-site with some third party. It might still be operated by your restaurant specifically, but usually ghost kitchens serve several restaurants, or at least uh, several of the ones that I've researched. And with that comes, you know, obviously a, a separation of that quality control process with your brand, with your restaurant. And so I'm curious if y'all think that this has been a proper adjustment or an effective adjustment of quality control to match that scale. Why or why not? Give us your perspective. So great. Uh, I think it's a great point that you've touched, Daniel. Uh, ghost kitchens not only serve uh, as third party uh, manufacturing sites, but... Uh, what we see are ghost kitchens are actually replacing the main site itself. So a restaurant uh, who was supposed to, who was operating in a maybe 6th street New York, uh, uh, they don't need to operate in the 6th street New York to deliver pan New York. So they can operate uh, at some uh, low cost location in New York uh, to still deliver uh, uh, pan New York when they go online. So ghost kitchens or cloud kitchens uh, are increasingly representing the restaurant itself so that's restaurants store uh, their uh, restaurant physical experience has now moved online and their manufacturing is what is called as ghost kitchen the food operations that normally existed jointly with the dining facility that has got segregated into two parts one is the ghost or the cloud kitchen that nobody sees and the second is the store which everybody sees on their mobile phone so, what nobody sees is something uh, that leads to a lot of quality issues. So, the customer touch points or the moments of truth have changed as buying pattern moves online. Brand perceptions of these future food brands where the cooking happens at a different place and the buying decision and the consumption happens at a different place will be led by trust built through proactive communication and transparency around safe and healthy food sourcing handling and preparation of food so restaurants will need to create a welcoming and unique environment and they need to digitally communicate the quality standards ingredients recipe and cooking standards of food which will help uh, uh, the restaurants which operate via cloud kitchens online to gain customer loyalty and retention and it starts from restaurants operating via cloud kitchens, but ultimately every restaurant will be operating in this mode where they will be preparing food off-site and uh, the customer will be taking on-site bank decision in his premises. So in delivery-focused restaurants of the future, uh, food safety and quality control uh, is moving from uh, restaurant dining area to kitchens. And it's sort of that intrinsic trust that you build when you go to a restaurant that is clean, that is nice, you go out and you eat. But now, the concept of it being off-site, the concept of it uh, being a separate entity that helps get that food out to the customer, 
suddenly the customer starts to question the process. And it, it's interesting. Uh, do you imagine that uh, this is going to be a trend that sticks, that now consumers uh, are going to be frequently thinking about the source of their food in you know similar ways to the larger trend we've seen over the last, you know, I'll, I'll just anecdotally say decade of um, consumers being more aware of uh, the organic background of a lot of their produce, how their food is being farmed. I feel like these trends coincide a little bit. Would you agree, disagree? Do you think it's a it's a different set of stressors? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, before this pandemic, we can say that, you know, this industry or is basically like a late adopter or even a laggard of uh, technology adoption. But then we are... We do see right now there's a higher demand in adopting technologies to better meet the customer's need, just like what you say, the need to uh, really know where's your food come from and the quality, or I would say the food transparency uh, specifically. So I would say each and every one of us right now do care what we put into our mouth and uh, being a restaurant that able to respond to these needs, definitely able to capitalize uh this market even more. I agree with you, Maria. Uh, so uh, the the restaurant industry is now uh, getting divided into multiple categories. Uh, there are early adopters, there are early movers, there are late adopters, and there are laggards. And people who are taking advantage of this transition are new virtual brands that are getting launched. A new uh, burger brand, uh, which is operating out of a cloud kitchen and which is having its operation digitized, can at a very fast rate acquire online market share uh, in the burger segment. And slowly, uh, as this becomes more of a norm uh, over the next few years, uh, I might actually lose the memory space also that I had from for my old restaurants. A new brand which is giving me the quality assurance, ingredient assurance, safety assurance digitally will start occupying my mind space. So restaurants with... Uh, decent enough scale and limited menu customization will have a head start on going digital. They will be early movers in bringing quality and quantity traceability technologies in their cloud kitchens. And as online food grows uh, to regain customer loyalty in digital world, established food chains, there are multiple big brands that exist, uh, will migrate towards cloud kitchens and simultaneously build and strengthen their own customer facing apps. So these big brands, um, they would want to pass on all the things that they did uh, inside their kitchens and restaurants digitally to their consumers. Uh, so we expect them to be uh, not early mover, but early adopters of digitization. The early movers will, as I said, again, will be the brands who have decent scale and you are wanting to use technology digitization uh, in their cloud kitchens to come and disrupt and eat away market share from the bigger brands. So those will be the early movers. Uh, the early adopters will be the big brands. And uh, brand perception of these big brands will be led by trust built through digital communication and transparency around food quality, safe and healthy food sourcing and handling. Uh, who will be laggards will be mostly smaller restaurants uh, who will continue to depend on aggregators. And... They will, they will evolve eventually, but currently what we see that they will be late adopters to adopt digitization and technologies for quality assurance through their in-kitchen digitization. Mm -hmm.